Welcome back to another session of Heart to Heart. Dr. Columbus Batiste here with you. Man, it's my pleasure that you're, I'm so happy that you're taking a few moments out of your day to, to spend it with me. And this month is special. It's special because it's Men's Health Month. So I know many of you out there, you love, you're a man out there tuning into Chef AJ's channel. You're a woman who lo loves a man. You're uh, anyone who loves a man or has a male figure in their life. This is the show for you because it is dedicated to this thing called men's health. You know, and one of the things that was interesting before we kind of jump off this segment is that I was reading this, this, this article and essentially the sum of it is that when it comes to health and longevity, the unfortunate truth is that men actually are living sicker and dying sooner. Now, the crazy part is that the statistics are alarming and the, there was recent data over the past year that came out showing that the, the, gap in the years lived between men and women is actually increasing, with studies now showing that women outlive men by six years, nearly six years. It's the largest gap we've had in 25 years. And, and the worst of everything is that this gap is not just in adulthood. It actually begins in infancy all the way through childhood and adolescence. And it's a marker that there's something going on there right now. You know, and so this segment is a segment de dedicated towards men's health, but I couldn't possibly tackle this by myself. You know, I felt like that would be a degree of, of disservice that I needed to bring in uh, a friend, a colleague. And so I want you all to welcome to the platform with me to Dr. Quentin Cancel. Sir, how are you? I am well. I am well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. This is long overdue. We've been we've needed to vibe like this and talk. And this is the special month, special timing for us to do this. Absolutely. But you know what? I mean, some people in this audience, I know I know a lot of people know you. Right. I know I know a lot of people know you, but there may be a few people who don't know you, just like a few may not know me. And so what I want to do is provide you a, just a few moments to tell people who you are, what you're about. Tell us about your background sure. as well. Sure. So uh, I am a board certified urologist practicing in Asheville, North Carolina, and I trained at Duke University uh, for okay. med school and residency. I went to Wash U for undergrad and I, I love robotic surgery. So I'm a robotic surgeon. I love taking out prostates robotically, uh, but I also love men's sexual health and wellness. And that's sort of what I've been on recently and just really uh, looking at, at it from a different angle. And, um, you know, I, I really got sick of seeing men coming into my office with, um, you know, all these comorbidities and asking for a pill for their erections, mm. you know, when they have hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, and they just want a, a quick fix with, with yeah. a pill. And so um, I've been doing some research and really, really looking into diet uh, and what you said at the top of the show about the longevity, I think it's really directly related to our diet. Yes, yes, As yes. Men. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I'm gonna tell you, you're preaching to the you're preaching to the choir right now, <laughs> right. right? Because we know the power of nutrition. Yes. And, and so and so, share with us a little bit more about about your journey. I mean, where you've been yes. in terms of looking. You kind of shared a bit in terms of like just the impact of the patients that you take care of and, yes. and understanding the deficiency in terms of the total care, but really anything else personal that you have or, or that, that your transition in this, this realm of nutrition 
as I mean, you're doing some crazy stuff, robotics, well, and everything else. <laughs> you know, I am just looking at uh, how can we, you know, as doctors, we look at best practices, right? And we look at, you know, who uh, or what entity, what what are they doing that's working? And, you know, when you consider uh, blue zones where, you know, people are living to, to be 100 um, and plus, and what are they doing that we're not doing? And, you know, for me, you know, we're getting older. We're not getting younger, you know, although we hopefully we look young. But, oh, come on. Come on, man. Now why you have to go there. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm, I'm you know, we're, we're touching 50. I'm touching, you know, getting close to 50. And it's like, uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I touched that line a little bit a little second or two ago. I'm striving. I'm striving to be what they call like the, the rising fastball. You heard that concept? Yes, yes. That rise, that, I'm not a baseball guy, but this concept I love, which is just when that ball comes out the pitcher's hand, mm -hmm. it appears as if it's rising, even though it is going down. It's going down. We're all going to go down, but you <laughs> want that's right. We want that perception that stay up there in terms of our physical health. So yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely. And you know, we're we're not immune. You know, as physicians, and you know, age catches up with us as well. And you know, quite as kept. You know, I I said, you know, I'm not like I used to be. You know, uh, physically. And what can I do? So I took a personal journey. Like, what can I do to improve my diet and and well being and fitness? Um, and in doing my research, I found that, you know, there's just so much that we can do as men, uh, with our diets to help improve not only our cardiovascular system, which I know is very important to you, but also with our erectile health, which is very important to me and very important to every, every man. Yes. Um, and so just kind of saying, how can I, how can I maintain and be at, at, at top performance and, and do my best uh, in this life that I've been given. And so, you know, in doing that personal journey, I definitely wanted to translate that over to my patients and their care because, you know, I, I want the best for them as well. So um, when it, it, and as physicians, we're not trained, honestly, in natural remedies or, or just the, the healing properties of food and how they can help. Uh, and so a lot of this you kind of have to do on your own because you don't get it in, in basic Western medicine training. So yes. um, it's been it's been a great journey and I've learned a lot. And I like being able to offer something different than just a pill to my patients. Love it. Love it, man. Well, welcome to the family of plant based movement. Man. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm almost Great. a full convert. I'm almost right. there. I'm almost there. <laughs> There's no more almost. There's no almost. You're there. You're on that road. You're there. I'm on the road. Yes. We're, we're making this happen. But I mean, I'm going to tell you, it's crazy. Uh, so, one of the things that kind of struck me, well, first, before I jump into that, is why are people in many instances, or I say different age groups, so afraid to talk about sexual health? Right. So, I mean, even as we were we were formulating like the title, right, mm -hmm. eating your way mm -hmm. to healthier erections and, and heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I said, wow, are some people going to be offended by this or, or what's going to happen? Why are people afraid to talk about something that is natural? Natural. You know, I I don't actually you know, I wonder if that's just the the history of just sort of being a um, you know Puritan Christian society, you know, how we started out. But um, I think we've come a long way over the years, particularly when you started seeing 
uh, Viagra commercials coming out. Mm, come on. Right? Yeah. And that yeah. started the conversation because before you didn't see anything like that on TV. We didn't talk about it, but that got the conversation started. And then slowly after that, you started seeing commercials about testosterone and, and, and low T. Um, and so it really brought those conversations out of the shadows into the mainstream so that it's less of a taboo thing to discuss at this point. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, you know, I, I want to stage this next part of the conversation for the audience out there and why there actually is a connection between Dr. Q and myself. Right. <laughs> so when we look at the relationship of the heart and the and the really the, the sexual organs for men's health, we understand that all roads extend from the heart and lead back to the heart. Absolutely. And they're they're paved by this this nice, beautiful paved pavers that are out there called the endothelium. Right. Mm. And so you mm -hmm. all out there may have heard this concept of the endothelium, this super active, superhuman strength that allows the vessels to dilate or shrink and be can become damaged. Yes. Right. And so yes. we understand that there is a direct connection with this concept of how well your vasculature performs in diabetes and high blood pressure is predictive. So as that endothelium becomes dysfunctional, it's predictive of diabetes, it's predictive of high blood pressure, it's predictive of future cardiovascular events, but it's also, when it comes to erectile dysfunction, they call it the canary in the coal mine. Absolutely, absolutely. And the reason why is because when you have vascular disease, it really affects your smaller caliber vessels first, right? Uh, you have less, less uh, bandwidth, so to speak, in the smaller vessels. So when those start to build a plaque or harden, um, then you're really going to notice it uh, a lot quicker. And, and so guys that have some ED, yes, you you, you should get checked out uh, for your cardiovascular disease because the two are linked. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So so when it comes to erectile, what, what really plays a role in terms of erectile dysfunction or impotence or the inability yes. to perform? In the, in the bedroom. So um, ED, there, there are multiple causes of ED, but I want to kind of stay with the vascular at this point because that's kind of the common thread that ties us together uh, in the endothelium. And so these specialized cells within blood vessels are, are dynamic, right? They, they actually produce, they can produce nitric oxide, which causes them to expand. And that's what an erection is. You open up the blood vessels and blood rushes in and you have an erection. And so that's really the premise for these ED drugs, Viagra, Cialis, Levitra. They all work by stimulating that pathway to nitric oxide. So that mm. is the key. Now, but here's the thing. There are foods that do the same thing. Yes. Come on. <laughs> you know, so, you know, greens, leafy greens, dark leafy greens are rich in nitrites that get converted over to nitric oxide. Um, nuts and, and fruits like watermelon have precursors to nitric oxide. And so, you know, we, we think about ways to, to help promote or eat our way to healthy erections. Like this is certainly things that you can do to incorporate into your diabetes. Uh, beets are an, another superfood that actually yes. are rich in nitrites. So, um, but on the flip side, on the flip side, you have, um, you know, things that cause free radical damage to those mm. endothelial cells, right? Um, and there are foods that, that actually work against us when it comes to our erectile health and cardiovascular health. 
such as fried foods, such as sugar, such as processed foods, all these things. And, and guess what? That's our American diet, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I live it's in the American the, diet. I live in the South and we fry everything. You go to a uh, Southern fair or any, any type of music part, you're going to see fried Oreos, fried Twinkies. I mean, everything is fried. So, um, it, and it that's really, not just in the South though. That's it. Oh, that's it's across not? the U S no, oh, they have it out okay. here, even in California. Oh. I'm going to tell you, I was driving to the hospital. So, okay. Just a, just a note, both Dr. Q and myself are both on call today. Right. That's how much we love you. We're giving our time. Absolutely. But uh, I drove right by. Guess what? It was a couple of two fried uh, uh, fried fish, fried chicken on the side of the road leading to the hospital. Have mercy. Is what I pass. That's right. good for business, I guess. I guess. I guess so. I guess so. But we yeah. don't but we don't realize that, you know, these things, um, you know, are toxic to the health of your blood vessels. You wonder why, you know, people that consume high amounts of these foods have problems is because they're not, they're not naturally what our bodies need to, to work with the fuel that our bodies need to work with. And so that's what causes the damage. And, and some of that damage, I mean, leads to problems like heart attacks and, and erectile dysfunction. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, and I think that's one of the things, I mean, as men, we're almost either directly or indirectly always t uh, told about the benefits of, of meat and of animal protein. And you have to get your protein. Where's your protein? And, and you know, we just, I think Game Changers just recently announced that they're coming out with Game Changers too. Wow. Right? And that was such a phenomenal film because one of the things that it taught us is that guess what? I don't have, to, um, real men don't have to eat meat. Real men, actually it's the, it's a re reverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right? <laughs> is that is that probably for your your male health and in performance, eating not eating meat is is likely more beneficial for you. It's based on studies and and our understanding of the pathophys, right? Yes, yes. No, you're right. You're right. It is. Uh, that's why I am a. Um, I'm on the journey. Let's just put it that way. Yes. Uh, I grew up vegetarian, and so it's kind of interesting. You know, you sort of get a uh, a, a taste for something, but then when you understand that, you know, we're, we're kind of in it for the long game, you know, and this is what I love to like tell our younger audience is that, you know, it, it eating your diet, your lifestyle, it has an accumulative effect on you. So you may not feel it in your twenties. You may not understand that, but you know, when you hit your forties and fifties, you know, you're, you're going to start feeling the effects of what you did. Um, That's right. And so, uh, certainly, you know, when it comes to meat intake, I mean, you know, it's 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 not helpful uh, in a lot of ways uh, with the cholesterol. I have I have high cholesterol. You know, I'm on I'm on a medication for that. Uh, and so I've greatly reduced my meat intake um, uh, as a result of that. Um, and, you know, if if you're going to get a guy to commit to something and I've, we've kind of laughed about this or talked about this, you know, Tell them, tell them how it affects their erections, you know, and then you right. will get their attention. You know, they don't may not care about, you know, walking up a flight of stairs and, and some chest pain. But if, if they can't get it up there, you know, you definitely got their attention. So, um, yeah, so certainly uh, we want to do things that help promote blood flow, that help promote good hormone health um, and, and certainly uh, a plant rich diet and one that is uh, lacking in meat is, is best. 
Absolutely. And there was a recent article that came out, review, looking at the power and the impact of, of plant-rich diets on cholesterol profiles. Mm. And really, it highlighted a lot of the information we already know, that it's decreasing that inflammatory burden. It lowers your, your small, dense LDL, your, your LP low A, um, and so forth. So there, there's such tremendous power through the mm. adoption of, of a plant-rich diet. But, you know, it's one of the things that we joke about, you know, that I, I've, I recently read is that probably the key to men's health and all the stuff I just mentioned about longevity is in the urologist department. One of the, the few times that men will willingly go to the doctor's office is if they have erectile dysfunction or a sports injury. And those mm. are two opportunities to really ca to capture someone because here's the crazy part. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out some statistics. I do my research. This dude right <laughs> here, he taught, he told, you know, he told you what he went to Duke. You see, he's a dookie, man, you know? And so I, right. I make, sure, make sure I come correct with Go him. Go Duke. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Uh-uh. Oh, uh -uh. uh, don't be a hater. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I ain't even going to Duke. I'm not down with the dookies at all. I ain't going uh, to North, North right. Carolina or that's nothing like right. that. But, you know, that's, that's a different conversation. That's another different. conversation. Yes. Me. But here's the crazy part, though, right? 67% of men presenting with chest pain and documented coronary artery disease had prior evidence of erectile dysfunction, whether mm. or not it was treated or not. Wow. That You mentioned already that penile arteries are roughly about half the size of arteries in the heart. So you can understand the likelihood of them getting clogged faster. Mm. That we understand that erectile dysfunction, some have characterized that as penile angina. So we understand mm. that angina is mm. when you have chest discomfort, when your heart is working, not enough blood will flow. Mm -hmm. And just like what Dr. Q said, erectile dysfunction is a form of penile angina that others have shown, right? This is some data I just had to pull up for him, right? Nice, nice. Measuring like blood it. flow in the penis, it can predict a cardiac stress test up to 80%. Wow. So, wow. so that tells us that if you have restricted flow in your penis, it's more than likely it will correspond with an abnormality with your heart. Uh, that 40% wow. of men over the age of 40 have erectile dysfunction. Yeah. And that new erectile dysfunction in men age 40 to 49, it's associated with a 50-fold increase in the incidence of coronary artery disease. There's increased stroke. And ED should really equal what? Early death. Wow. That's crazy. Wow, that's, that is deep. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's crazy when you start rattling mm. off that stuff of why urologists, I'm actually going to, I used to say that what I do is the most important thing. It's, <laughs> it's what you do. What you do is the most important thing because you have a captive audience to really stop this crisis that's happening in America with male death, right? right. That men right. are dying exponentially faster. Right. No, I think there's some truth to it. And, you know, as, as men, I, and, and the unfortunate thing about it is we, we, uh, as men, you know, and self-included, you know, we associate our manhood, our self-worth, uh, so many things centered around our ability to have an erection. And we place probably more importance on that than we should. But, you know, you just, it's just like, you know, any, any um, good speaker, you have to know where your audience is and speak to your audience. And, you know, for guys, the unfortunate thing is like erections are king, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and if you're not getting erections. And so the thing that, you know, we're trying to do is, you know, we're trying to lower diabetes. We're trying to lower high cholesterol, hypertension, improve cardiovascular health, but do it through 
erections. I, I say a, a way to a man's heart is through his penis in more yeah. than one way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I really feel like, you know, if we can get guys to care, you know, and to eat intentionally, and even if they're thinking, not thinking about their heart, they're just thinking about solely their erections. If you are on a plant-based diet, you will be helping all of those things. And hopefully, and, and you will live longer as the uh, statistics bear out. So. Uh, that's, yeah. that's that's insane. Yeah, it reminds me. I was uh, doing something, and there was a uh, a cameraman who was there, and so we started talking about plant based challenges with the reporter and various aspects. And he was like, "No, nah, I'm not having it." And I just <laughs> I happened to just mention about the the power of of plant based nutrition on erectile health, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, why did you just start with that?" He said, <laughs> "You were, he said I was in." He said, "I was in." If you start with that, I'm in. Ooh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I had a I had a little thing on my uh, my social blog that said, you know, you tell a man to eat greens because it's good for your heart, he's gonna be like, okay, you know. But you tell him to eat greens because it's gonna help you get it up. He's like running to the store and getting getting the collards, getting the arugula. You know, he's he's spinach up. You know, Popeye was onto something. You know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's that's something else. So I mean. So what should men do? I mean, okay, erectile dysfunction is obviously a huge one. That's a huge mm-hmm. issue that's there. There's lots of different treatments that are there. Obviously, we should start with nutrition. I mean, what's what's a real key uh, take-home message for the men out there or the women who love a man out there that they should do on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, so we, we, we didn't touch on all the aspects of uh, causes for ED. Uh, vascular is certainly one of them. Um, and, and so when we talk about vascular, we talk about diet and nutrition. Uh, we talk about, uh, also lifestyle exercise, you know, mm-hmm. definitely want to exercise and keep the blood vessels happy and, and keep the heart healthy. Um, but there's also a hormonal aspect of erectile dysfunction. And so if you suffer from low testosterone, Uh, That actually puts you at risk for erectile dysfunction. It puts you at risk for heart disease. It puts you at risk for osteoporosis. So many things um, that can go wrong when your testosterone levels are not within normal limits. And it starts to go down, you know, as early as in the 30s, you know, and it can it's a precipitous track downward. Um, And a lot of times and this is sort of my other soapbox, because a lot of men don't realize what's wrong with them. Um, you know, if you lack, uh, a sex drive, if your libido is down, you know, some of it could be because you feel if you have erectile dysfunction, you feel like you can't perform and therefore you don't desire it because you feel like you can't finish. But, um, low testosterone is a real thing. It it affects your energy. It affects your mood. Uh, Mm. you're more moody if you're, uh, uh, she is low, <laughs> irritable. Uh, it, it makes you like less the male pregnant. menopause. Yeah, yeah, no, it, andropause for real. It, it, it wow. happens, and you know, you may go to the gym and work out, but you're not seeing the results that mm-hmm. you that you uh, are expecting to to have because your T is low. And so I, I, I tell guys, get a free and total testosterone check if you feel are, if you're having low energy. You can't concentrate well. You're having some depression. Um, you're having performance issues, deep, uh, libido issues. You definitely want to get your testosterone levels checked and get a free and total testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason being is that some people will just take a check a total, but there is testosterone that's bound to protein and and uh, testosterone that's free. 
Okay. And so it's the free, that's the active testosterone. That's the physiologic. That's what your body sees. Yes. And so you can have a normal testosterone level, but if your free is below normal, you are living with low testosterone essentially. Mm. And so oftentimes I tell my patients, let's check that first. Yeah. And if that's low, let's, let's talk about supplementation because oftentimes, well, I'll say sometimes that's all you need for your erections to work is, is to have your testosterone up to a normal level. But that synergy between testosterone and, you know, diet or testosterone and one of the PD5 inhibitors, uh, Viagra Cialis, Levitra, um, that's the all you need to get an erection. So that's for people with mild erectile dysfunction. But then you have people that have uh, more severe cases. And for those, you know, you know, diet doesn't work for everybody. You know, maybe you shot your shot and, you know, just like in your situation, you know, you may not have targets. You may not have a place to, you know, to put a, uh, a stint in. Right. For the OK, I, I, thank you for clarifying, because, I mean, <laughs> when you said like my situation, I wanted to make sure we are not your professional oh, I mean, situation. I, yeah. OK. All right. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure we're clear here, Dr. Q. What are you trying to say about me? Okay. <laughs> just, just making sure. Ooh, yeah, let's, let's be clear. I, I thought, I'm just I'm just a cardiologist, but I thought high testosterone was was associated with hair with no hair. Yeah. yeah. Is that, yeah. Is, is, so I, I have DHT. no hair. I have no yeah. hair, sir. OK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DHT. Yeah. That's a that's a more potent form of testosterone. Uh, yeah. And that that is associated with hair loss. So we, we both struggle with that. But uh, the struggle is real. But that's OK. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, you know, um, you know, there's sometimes blood vessels are just shot. You, you just don't have a way to bypass that. And when that's the case, uh, there are other options. You know, there are vacuum erection devices. And I, I mentioned this, actually I have a demonstration, not a demonstration, but I show the device uh, on my YouTube site, uh, Ask Dr. QMD. Uh, so if anyone's interested or looking to see how a uh, vacuum erection device works, you can you can look at that on my YouTube, uh, but there's also uh, penile prostheses, mm -hmm. so that's actually implants that you can put inside. So like we can give you hydraulics, man. I know you're out in California, so we can <laughs> we can <laughs> we can <laughs> trick trick your yeah yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, that was just off the dome, but uh, uh -huh. yeah, no. So we could do that. And, you know, guys who have implants, um, and this is a surgery that I love to do, um, it takes one incision, uh, usually the three components, they're the cylinders that fit inside the corporal bodies or the erectile bodies. You have a pump that fits inside of the scrotum next to the testicles. And then you have a reservoir that fits behind the pubic bone. And none of it is uh, visible. Everything is concealed. And the only difference is when you wanna have intercourse, you press the button, the pump uh, in the scrotum and the water from the reservoir fills the cylinders wow. and you have a full on erection, the sensations intact and you can have an orgasm. What your partner feels is all you. It's a warm erection. There's no, no synthetic fakeness about it. It's just that when you're done, you don't D2 mess or go down. You actually have to hit a release valve on the pump mechanism to release the fluid. So in essence, you're kind of biotic because you can go all night if you wanted to. Um, wow. Yeah, it's kind of not fair, but yeah. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I, the, the crazy part is I didn't even know all of that in detail. You know, I uh, my urology really? rotation was so long ago. Oh, I, I knew I knew in general term general sense, but not not in deep quite detail. I wasn't sure. I wasn't aware of the button pushing and trimming yes. like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You do have to release it uh, in order for it to go down. Uh, so there are various types of implants that we can put in. I did not mention there are there are injections too that you can do to uh, promote blood flow to the penis as well. Some people don't like needles or the concept of needles and there are downsides to each one of these things and upsides to them. So, um, you know, if you are in that category and, you know, you've tried diet, you've tried exercise, um, lifestyle changes, you know, you're not smoking. Smoking is a huge uh, detriment to both your cardiovascular health and your erectile health. If you've done that and you still can't get an erection, then I would definitely see a urologist to talk about your other options. Cause, cause yeah. you know, there, there, no one, I, I, I kid this with my patients, but I say I can get a, an erection in a dead man if I, if I needed to, uh, because, you know, we have the technology, we have those prosthetics that can work. So, you know, no one is out of the game. If you want to have an erection, you can have an erection. It just depends on how, how badly you want it, what you're willing to do for it. Now, so so that's some good information, and and so just just a real commercial for what Dr. Q just mentioned is the fact I'm a big believer in lifestyles. Many of you know out there, and a strong advocate for it. But I also believe that if your car is on the side of the road with a blown out tire, you, sometimes you have to change that tire, mm-hmm. and then you have to teach <laughs> that driver not to drive over nails going forward in the future and really change their habits. And so sometimes we have to take. Uh, advantage of modern medicine uh, in order to accomplish certain treatment goals and so forth. But with that being said, let me ask you a question. So what is the importance of a nighttime erection or a sleep when one is sleeping? Yes. Yeah. So sleep is another hack that um, we have uh, that we don't take advantage of. You know, this constant go-go society and always we're trying to be highly productive. We work till late at night or whatever. We're actually robbing ourselves of REM sleep. And that actually your body is regenerating and it's actually increasing your testosterone levels during that time period. And so you definitely, definitely want to make sure you're getting good quality sleep. And that leads to morning wood. (laughs) <laughs> yes. as, as the guys uh, yes. will know. And so that's why your testosterone levels are highest in the mornings typically is because you're making it overnight. And it's, you know, evolutionally, it makes sense. You know, if you're needing to, um, you know, wake up and go hunt or, you know, do something that requires physical activity, you got to be at your peak performance. And so our testosterone levels are naturally higher in the mornings than they are in the evenings. Yeah testosterone, growth hormone. So sounds just tremendous benefit just there and there alone, right there. Sleep, sleeping. And I mean, another one I mentioned is, is, uh, um, you know, good oral hygiene. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that you sent me an article actually on this. Um, and I thought, wow, that's provocative that, you know, um, bad breath, <laughs> uh, as a sign of bad, of gum disease uh, also is associated with erectile dysfunction. Hmm. And you're like, how in the world is that? Yeah. You know, but you know, that is where the conversion of nitric oxide gets done in the oral biome, if you will. They're, they're bacteria uh, in your mouth that help get that conversion from your food to nitric oxide. So actually having 
good, healthy gums is a hack for your erections. I'm telling you, man, we are finding it's incredible all the, the science that we're learning. That's mm -hmm. more than just on a macroscopic level of eat this, don't eat that. It's more of, okay, here's how it, it interplays in our body. Yeah. And how everything gets Love all that. connected. Yes. It's all connected. It's like with diabetes, with high blood pressure, with high cholesterol, with heart disease, with erectile dysfunction, with cancer. You know, mm. that uh, that's mm. here that we, we see this. But one of the other things, and, and you mentioned sunlight, you mentioned in terms of sleep. One of the things people oftentimes do is they will drink some alcohol before going to sleep. But there are studies that have shown that, that it, it, it may decrease your testosterone. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's an inhibitor. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I had a guy, uh, a friend of mine who, um, he's a young guy. He's like, man, it works all the time, except for when I drink. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and, you know, it's, so it's a known inhibitor. So it, it certainly does not help uh, the cause uh, to, to consume alcohol, particularly in higher quantities. There are studies that show a link of ED with high volume alcohol intake. Um, and so, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, the, Things that we do as young people or as men, you know, go out and drink and, you know, all that stuff actually does not help you in the bedroom. Yeah. It, it may help you get some liquid courage, you know, to go to speak <laughs> to that uh, honey, but, you know, it's, it's not going to help for later. No, <laughs> so. no, no. I mean, that that's the crazy part. I mean, the stuff that society is portraying in terms of this is a male, alpha male, have alcohol, have your steak. That these are the things that actually are the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of performance and, and the alcohol you brought up before, in, in in terms of we know it can be disruptive of the deep of your REM sleep, right? And so we mm -hmm. understand that if it's disruptive of your sleep and getting that stage of that deep sleep, which you know activates parasympathetic tone, dilates the vessels, stimulates uh, growth hormone, testosterone, and you disrupt that, we see what can happen that ensues too as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man. And, and yeah, these things. And so when we talk about lifestyle, I mean, lifestyle matters, yes. you know, for for your health. So it's not just diet, you know, and it's great. Like, it's kind of like getting back to the basics, you know, as far as yeah. like, just really taking care, you know, drinking water, getting sunlight, um, you know, getting sleep, you know, reducing your stress levels, you know, all those things. Uh, will, will not only help with your overall longevity, but they're going to help in the bedroom as well. Yeah. I mean, speak to, we just come out of Mental Health Awareness Month, right? And mm. so we're seeing that this is just pervasive yes. amongst our youth, amongst everyone. We're seeing it, social media, all the other issues that are happening with mental health. Is there a relationship between mental health, depression, anxiety, mm. stress, and mm. either erectile dysfunction or testosterone? For sure. For sure. There's a psychological component, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. There's something called performance anxiety that is real. Um, that you can psych yourself out of an erection if you feel if you don't feel confident that you're going to perform, you won't. Mm -hmm. You know your your brain will tell you, and and and, and it won't happen. Um, wow. And so, yeah, if if you are depressed, that affects your erection. If you're on depression medication, it affects your your ability to have an erection. Um, I mean, that, this goes also to, in this, I don't know if we plan to go here, but. You're, you're, you're triggering something in me that I, I have to say, uh, and that is, you know, just our sexuality as men 
um, you know, it is it, it plays, I think, a psychological um, toll on us as we get older, because we are, I think, men in general. But, you know, let's talk about black men in particular, you know, mm-hmm. over sexualized in mm-hmm. America, you know, and, you know, I think it affects black men more so than others because we're considered, you know, for whatever reason, top of the sexual totem pole. But with that, it comes a warped sense of manhood, mm. right? And yes. so we associate it in such a disproportionate way to our, our self-worth as a man, you know, and then, you, you know, as a young man, you know, I see my kids going through the same thing, you know, like, you know, the girls that they're dating and, and how many girls can you date and, you know, just, yeah, it, it, and it's not healthy actually. Um, And we grow up with this and we have to learn how to disassociate our manhood with our ability to perform because they're not the same thing, but, but they're so closely associated that if, I mean, I have seen, it's sad. I have seen men refuse to have cancer surgery Mm -hmm. because they were fearful that it was going to affect their erections. So you're 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 talking about life saving, like they mm. didn't feel like life was worth living. Wow! If they could not maintain their erections, yeah. And so when you get to that point, you know there's there's something there's something wrong there. And you know having conversations like this, you know talking about it openly, you know I think we we need to do a better job uh, with our kids, with 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 our cohorts about about male sexuality and what it means to be a man and that it's not all wrapped up in your penis yeah no you're you i'm gonna tell you you're hitting on something that's so important because when i stop and i think about this when i think of intimacy i even myself i think of it as sex Mm. in a sexual Mm -hmm. aspect Mm -hmm. but intimacy actually is not sexual it's talking about a relationship essentially in which you can be vulnerable Right. Right. And so and so which is why a lot of times, you know, women will say and it's not every woman not generalizing, but say like, hey, the foreplay things begin before the bedroom. Right. It's that conversation. Right. It's the touch. It's the bonding, that connective piece that's there. Those are the things that really bring them warmth and understanding and and that feeling of belonging. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we look at men. We it's it's so deep. And Dr. Q, it's deep because when you dig into this. It all plays a role in why we're suffering and suicide rates are high in men, mm, right? Because mm-hmm. we lack intimacy. We lack, yes. the ability, we lack the vulnerability that's there, the relationships that we can admit because we live by this mantra of just man up. Yeah. Are, are you hurt? Are you injured? Get back in the game, <laughs> right? Real men don't cry. There's no crying in baseball, oh, football, goodness. basketball. Right, you right, know? right. No, you're right. It's messing us up. And that, and you talk, you talk again at the top of the piece, you talked about how we don't live as long. And a lot of it is stress because we keep all this stuff bottled up. Yes. We keep all these emotions bottled up and our cortisol levels are off the charts. You know, oh, we live yes. in that state of stress all the time guess what that's going to wear on you that's going to weather you that's going to you know yes. play with your your vessels and and just your your depression and just overall sense of well-being and you know i read something recently about crying and how you know men um are you know i don't know if it's two times or three times less likely to cry than women are and that you know there's actually so many health benefits of crying <laughs> 
<laughs> that we as men don't take advantage of, yeah. you know, because because there are di- there's a difference between the tears, you know, your, your basal tears just lubricate your eyes. Uh, you have your uh, reactive tears that re- respond to noxious stimuli. Then you have your uh, emotional tears that actually have cortisol in them. And so mm-hmm. as you cry, emotional tears, you are releasing cortisol. You're releasing stress All right, come on out of now. your body, right? And so that automatic. And what else? It 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 also. Uh, helps elevate oxytocin levels, and so not only do you are you stressed, you feel better. You know, have you ever had a long cry or, or you oh, just yeah. laughed your butt off? And you oh, just... No, no, I, 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 don't, I don't know nothing about that. I don't know nothing about that. You know, but it's it's yeah. true. It's like you know, some people you know they tell you, oh, she just needs to cry it out, or she just needs whatever. Yeah. And there is some truth to that because you actually Ooh. feel better as you cry. You're re- reducing your stress levels when Come you cry. Now. So oh, it's I okay. I love it. I love it. I'm learning something, y'all. I am learning something here today. I did not know this. So I'm about to look this up right now so I can incorporate (laughs) this. So don't, I'm going to give you credit that I heard it first from Dr. Q, but I'm about to wrap this into it because I'm going to tell you just on the real couple of stories real quick. I remember when I was a kid and my dad was a great, great man. He was a great dude. And I remember one time going in and he was doing something in the garage there. I think he was wrapping gifts. And I ran in and he was like, what are you doing in here? And he just said it like abruptly because he didn't want me probably to see the gifts. And he's like, and then I started crying. I was like, what are you crying for? He's like, what are you crying for? And I thought, I'm never going to cry again. Right. <laughs> I, in my mind, but that stayed in my mind. Like I virtually would not cry again. And so you fast forward now these many years, my baby girl is graduating from high school and we're both here at the same spot with our kids graduating right. from high school. This right. is my daughter though. Yeah. Right? This is my baby girl, my firstborn graduating from high school. And I tell you, I've been emotional, but I've been holding it back. Mm. Like literally at the graduation, oh, my, wife looks, my wife looked over and was like, are you about to cry? I was like, no, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. Then my son looks at me, he's sitting next to me, and he kind of just pats my packs my leg or whatever mm. else. And they're looking. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not crying. I'm holding it in. Mm. I'm standing in the lobby, and it's just like it's welling up inside of me as I'm having memories of her throughout the past 18 years, right? Yep. And and I'm like holding it back because I'm a man. Mm. I can't be seen crying, right? right? right. And that yeah. sits, even with all the research, all the knowledge, that still is just pervasive, man. So, it's baked I mean, in. It's baked into, and that's our conditioning as, as men. Yes. And, and it's to our detriment. You know, yes. we talk about all the things that are to our detriment that we identify as men and crying. You, you know who cried? Jesus. That's right. <laughs> Come on. He wept. He wept. I, I know that any, verse. Right? He's wet. <laughs> I don't think anybody accused him of not being a man. That's um, right. And, you know, and people, I have a thing also on social media, you know, this this meme of the crying Jordan, you know, and everybody kind of laughs. Yeah. And, you know, it's just funny, you know, but it's, but I mean, like, it's real. It's like, man, how much of us, you know, as men, we don't, we, we have like only a couple emotions that we can kind of express, right? Anger, happiness, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, sadness just isn't one of them. And so, you know, oftentimes that hurt gets translated to anger. Yes. Right. Yes, it does. And then yes, it, it gets does. translated to 
you know, unhealthy behavior or coping mechanisms to deal with that hurt. That's right. When you could have just cried it out and felt better. Right. <laughs> instead of done, you know, something that could have hurt you, you know. That's so. right. I mean, it's you're tapping right into two equations we always I always give, which is stress equals demands minus resources, right? And so when those demands get up, we we seek out fake resources. Mm. Instead of embracing the resource of crying or releasing mm. our emotions, we seek out alcohol. Or going to a bar or doing whatever else, or as porn, opposed. or that's right, sleeping around, that's right. and yeah, yeah, all that stuff, you know. And 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 the the impact of that balance between our stress and resiliency it really equates to our health, our our male health of our Absolutely. in general, or cardiovascular, all the above. And as we add to our stress, we're decreasing our health. Yeah, man, it's powerful. And that, and I mean, you know, you see the gap between men and women. You know, and women know how to how to generally speaking, they grow up in a in a culture that is more accepting of them expressing them their emotions. And, yes. you know, they talk more to each other about these things yes. than we do. So they are conditioned in a very different way than we are. And I think it leads to their cortisol levels being lower and their stress being lower. You know, I, I don't know if there's a, a study about it, but it just makes sense. You know, you can extrapolate the two. Well, even if it's, but here's the catch, right? What you brought up is that even if it's that that women may have equal, if not more stress, by the sheer fact that they can deal with it in a socially acceptable way. In a social, yes. Through communication and through crying and through whatever it may be, having the means to to deal with it, that's huge. Instead of building up in that chronic pressure state that's there waiting to implode. Wow. Yeah, wow, it's wow. got to go. It's got to go somewhere, you know, and it, it, it usually for us men, unfortunately, goes to um, things that don't help. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we need to change the conversation on that. And, you know, just personally speaking, um, I, I had a had a recent episode. I it, I was trying to find it. My my cousin just passed this week. Oh, man. And I uh, he's he's he was a cousin that like. You know, I didn't have a brother. I didn't have an older brother. And so yeah. he was the one that helped me do all the bad stuff I wanted to do. <laughs> That's right. Love him for that, man. Love him for that. But like, <laughs> and so, you know, he had sickle cell and uh, he lived to be 54. And wow. um, I found out, you know, while I was operating, you know, in between cases, and I had to just kind of compartmentalize. And that's, we're good at that as men. Yes, we are. Compartmentalizing. Yes. Because yes. we got jobs to do. So I still had four more cases to do. I couldn't really think about it, you know. So I did my cases, executed, took care of that. And on the way car ride home, you know, I just started thinking about it. It's like, oh my goodness, like he's gone. And it just, it came out of nowhere, hit me yeah. so hard. And I mean, it was one of them ugly. Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> ugly yeah! Ugly cries. You oh, know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah! Oh yeah! You know, and I was by myself in the car. Nobody could see me, and I just let it out because yes. I, I I knew the research. <laughs> so I was like, this this is gonna be good. It's okay. It's gonna be good. You know, and I just let it out, man. And man, I tell you what, I felt so much better after that. I mean, yeah. it was just a weight lifted just to Absolutely. get that out. So Absolutely. definitely recommend men that if, 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 if the emotion is there, don't be afraid to just let that out. Real men should cry. Yes. That's hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah. Real, Real men, men should men cry. cry. That's right. That's right. Well, man, this has been good. I need, we need to, we need some, we need some top three. So rapid fire, right? So top three or top, you choose top three or top five tests every man should have 
for this Men's Health Month? Wow. So, I mean, from a urology perspective, mm-hmm. um, I would say definitely your PSA. Definitely should have a PSA. And I will say this. Now, what PSA, is PSA for those oh, who may PSA, not know? Yes. PSA stands for prostate-specific mm-hmm. antigen. It's a protein produced by your prostate gland. It is not a tumor marker. Okay. But if it is elevated, then it could be a sign that you have prostate cancer. Now, I will say this. A lot of people don't get the second half of that screening, and that is the rectal exam. Okay. So the DRE, digital rectal exam, is vitally important. You cannot have proper prostate cancer screening without both of those. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, are a lot of, um, there are a lot of practitioners, quite honestly, that don't feel comfortable doing a rectal exam and patients aren't going to make you do it right re- <laughs> you know if, if you're like uh if your doc if your doctor's not offering you're not going to offer up your your bottle <laughs> yes. to uh <laughs> to get rectalized right exactly. so um so those those are the the two things you have to do um as as an older man you know and when i say older man i'm saying like the, the aua guidelines say that men you know 54 55 should should be getting screened i would say if you are african-american and you have a family history of prostate cancer or breast cancer because they're linked genetically that uh i would get your first one at 45 just to see what the see what it is so rectal exam uh psa and the reason why that both are important is that your psa could be quote normal but one can feel a lump or bump on the rectum i mean on the uh, prostate through the rectal exam that could be an indicator of prostate cancer Okay. So, um, so then I, I would say testosterone levels, free and total testosterone, testosterone levels should be checked. Um, because obviously that affects us, how we function as men, um, and how we perform. And it is also vital for not only cardiovascular health, but erectile health. Uh, the third one, you know, it's kind of a, a toss up, I guess I would say, obviously you, you want to get your colon screenings as, as appropriate, um and but i would also say um you know diabetes too diabetes and hypertension uh, i just said what was that for <laughs> <laughs> you said all the important stuff right you yeah get, well i mean like right as i think about it i'm thinking man you know all these things are linked too so you know you hypertension i had a scare you know i thought i was uh hypertensive and you know did some tests at home just measuring blood pressure and find out that I that I was I didn't need to be on blood pressure medication, but that's a sneaky one because you don't really feel it, no, uh, unless it's really high, and it's wreaking havoc on your vasculature, and you don't even know it. And so those are the you know things that you can't feel or things that you should probably get screened for to preempt. So um, that would be my was that five. PSA, <laughs> testosterone. That's, that's Dr. Q's top top recommendations. We're yes. gonna leave it at that. His top <laughs> yeah. recommendations. All right. So so now next thing, next question up as we rapid fire, kind of heading out heading out here is tell us what's in Dr. Q's uh, uh, men's health smoothie that you make. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you know beets, man. People don't like beets, but let me tell you something. They do so much for your health um from from brain health cardiovascular directions i mean they are a superfood so uh and a lot of people don't like beets and so i find a great way to sneak that into the diet is to mix it up with with a smoothie so 
Uh, if I'm making a smoothie, I'm starting with some almond, breeze, vanilla, milk, because I like the creaminess and the flavor. Um, some people use orange juice, but then I'm putting a regular mix of whatever it is that um, that you have or you like. You prefer mixed fruit, frozen mixed fruit, to get that smoothie texture. And then I'm throwing in some fresh beets, throwing in some spinach, some arugula, some kale. Um, so these are all things that are nitric oxide boosters that are going to help with it. My kids take them before runs, you know, before athletic events, because it helps with their performance. And so um, put that in there. And then I, I tell people, you know, freestyle after that, whatever you like to taste. Um, I sweeten it with a little honey um, and uh, and you're good to go. All right. All right. We got the we got the men's health smoothie down pat there. We're ready to roll with that. And, you know, like I love what you said, freestyle with it. So yeah. there's things that you on there that you think you don't like or don't want or whatever else. But I think the core ingredients of what he's talking about is hit the beets, hit the dark green leafy veggies. Oh, watermelon. There. Watermelon, yeah. too. That's watermelon. Right. Yes. That's if right. you And, you know, I, I did a thing on watermelon. I didn't realize there were three types of watermelon either. But. Uh, the red, the the yellow. orange, and the yellow, but the yellow has the highest amount of citrulline in it, and mm -hmm. I did not realize that. And people are asking me, where can I go to find? And I didn't know if California they have that just like in the stores everywhere or it's what? not everywhere. I've seen it. I've I've seen it sporadically, you know, okay. out there. But yeah, no, I, I was part of a little review article, and when I read that, I was like, all right. That's, that's good to know. It's good to know. It's good to know. I'll start incorporating it back into my uh, rotation. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All stuff. right. So the, the, the last one I'm going to head out on is what's your, what's the top three exercises that men should kind of engage in for their, their vascular health or whatever, or is it just exercise period? Well, I think, um, I think it's a combination of both. Like for me, I, I, I like it. I like cardio for sure. Get the heart pumping, uh, blood flowing. Um, but I do a lot of weights and resistance too, because I feel like, you know, you talk about testosterone boosters, you know, if you mm -hmm. start working out, getting these big, uh, muscle groups, your, your bottom half, your legs, your glutes, your thighs, uh, getting them involved. You burn so many calories doing that. And that burns the fat and fat is what we don't want as men, you know, and we didn't even talk about what, what fat has in it, uh, that, that, that hurts us. But, you know, if you've got a gut, you got, if, if you've got some pudge, you know, in your adipose, your fat tissues, you have an enzyme actually that converts testosterone to estrogen. Mm. Okay, called aromatase. And so people who have higher fatty cut, you know, a, a body mass index, you know, the, they're they're a little on the, the heftier side, trying to be nice with it all, um, you know, have that potential to have their testosterone levels uh, robbed of them, you know, and get converted to estrogen. And that's when you start, can, you can get these, uh, what we call man boobs and, you know, love handles and all those things so wait a minute so people are worried about eating tofu for causing male breasts which yeah. is not going to happen no and it's actually there it's actually the beer belly it's actually the apple core and yeah. the adipose tissue that's just promoting it absolutely that and i you know i admit i was wrong <laughs> because i thought <laughs> soy you hear about soy being a phytoestrogen and you yeah, know feminizing nah. men and men shouldn't eat soy and all of that is bunk you know yeah. it is it is not true like you can eat soy and right. it won't affect your testosterone or estrogen levels for that matter that's right that's right yeah. man 
this is a rich conversation. I feel like we could probably go on at least a half hour to an hour more, <laughs> kind of digging into things a lot yeah, more. But good. man, listen, I don't know if you all out there have listening have gotten all the gems. I've gotten the gems. Going back to even from the standpoint of what happens with that adipose tissue, right? Converting it inside of men. Going back to our tears, releasing mm -hmm. the cortisol yes. and then stimulating the oxytocin, right? Yes. Real men should cry. Hashtag. Yes. Real men should cry. Real men should cry. And then learning all everything from the medical. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm a junior urologist now from like all of the, <laughs> the surgeries and everything like that that are there on the back table. We want to keep it way back there. And we, love, right. and we want to embrace all the good stuff in terms of like the nutrition and learning about staying away from alcohol. Another reason to stay away from alcohol for men's health, right? Mm -hmm. Learning about the, the sunlight, learning about the exercise. Man, Dr. Q, you've been a rich, rich, rich resource of information. Oh, thank you. Tell the audience where they can find you, where you, they can get more information and send their, their loved ones, the men, their male loved ones to you. How can they do that? Absolutely. Well, if you're in North Carolina and Asheville, I am. That's where I uh, practice. But um, socially, uh, I'm on social media and I do have a couple of uh, platforms, uh, one on IG uh, and it's Ask Dr. QMD, no periods, uh, Ask Dr. QMD. And I'm also on TikTok and I just do kind of fun videos that get guys engaged and thinking about their diet and their nutrition and being intentional about what they eat. And I, and I don't do it in a preachy way. Uh, I make it fun. I, I, I you know, have, a, I think, some humor in there uh, that got in, in, in cultural references that, that people will resonate with. Um, right. And so we're just trying to trying to change the conversation and get guys to eat better. Love it. Love it. Love it, man. So same thing we ask everyone. When's the book going to drop? <laughs> man, when I get some time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely want to um, I definitely want to uh, uh, plan on on writing a book, uh, Eating Your Way to Healthy Erections. And I've got the chapters in my mind. I just need a, just some time to sit down and, and, and put it all out there. But right. um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with a supplement, too. So. Uh, stay tuned. So love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Listen, thanks for joining us on this session of Heart to Heart. Thank you all out there once again for gracing us with your time, your presence. Be sure to make sure you like this page. Make sure you share it with those out there, the men in your life, those who love men in their lives, all the above. And let's live healthier and better and destroy this thing called the health disparity gap that's existing in men. Yes. All right. Stay tuned next next uh, month. I'll be back. Same bat time, same bat <laughs> channel. All right. Thanks, Dr. Keith. All right. Thank you.